G'day guys, are you missing out on your favourite show because it's not available in your region? Or are you trying to keep your private time? Let's say private. Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. Now, we all love to binge or maybe even barbecue alone, but your privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you don't have to worry about your IP or location getting out. A huge thing for me is the region-locked content feature, and NordVPN is a game-changer. So a little story. When I went over to America last year, I activated a library of extra shows and movies on the streaming platforms when I logged in over there. I started watching this high school football show called All American. Highly recommend it and smashed three seasons of it. But when I arrived back, guess what? It disappeared. But this was an easy fix. I used my NordVPN to switch my IP address, and from there, all the access was back, baby, and I never missed an episode and smashed out the remaining two seasons. So go ahead, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash talkingleague. You're going to get a huge discount off the NordVPN plan. Plus, guess what? They're throwing in a four extra months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So head over to nordvpn.com slash talkingleague, get protected, and get all that extra viewing today. G'day guys, welcome back to Talking League and the Fantasy Glam plan for round 25 where we break down the winners, losers and black bookers from each game. TK and Brenton here to go through all the games. We are brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Plenty of cash prizes still into the end of the season. But B... What a round, mates. Your doggies, unfortunately. I hate doing these when you have the doggies in your last game because generally you lose, mate. So uh, as much as I love mate. chatting to you, mate, it's always good when you're coming off a win. Mate, we're, we're the Bulldogs. We're always coming off the back of a loss, aren't we? So um, not not much you can do about it. They, they tried pretty hard for that first 60 minutes and then just really a couple of soft tries um, in there. For one, one of them was Matt Timoko, which was a bit of a turnaround, and then um, the floodgates just kind of opened in the last 20 when Tom Starling came on. Now, mate, this is our last show together because last week I was away. I missed you, mate. I missed you. And then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brenton, he was going to be celebrating his 40th birthday, so to join me in the club. But happy birthday, B, in advance, mate. And, mate, you don't look a day at least above, you know, 38. So you're going good. <laughs> oh, mate, after, after watching the Bulldogs, I feel like a 50-year-old, um, to be honest. But, no, yeah, turning the big 4-0 in about a week and a half's time. So I'm um, having a, a do with at a brewery with a few mates and just having a couple of quiet beers and watching the footy. But we, would we do a, 20, a round 27 show? What we'll do, we'll do a companion in the last one. So we'll do it over the top of the Sharks and Raiders. So all the ah, boys okay. are going to get together if you're free for that one. Yeah, mate. Happy days. But yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, Brendan's been just pretty much texting me pictures of his guns because that's all he's done for the last two weeks. <laughs> he's got this big arm sleeve coming up, mate. It looks pretty impressive, that design, man, you've got coming uh, up. Yeah, cheers, mate. It was actually one my wife found on Pinterest, which was really okay. weird. But um, yeah, it was. Um, it's well, I, I, last tattoo I got was about 14 years ago. Um, as I was telling you pre, um, pre show, and it was, uh, for a four pack of Bundy in someone's backyard. So <laughs> this one's a much nicer piece. Um, and yeah, it's something I've wanted to do for a while and get something to incorporate with my kids and things like that. So I'll, um, yeah, that's on Friday, which is my 40th birthday present to myself. Well, thank God you didn't get hepatitis or anything like that, mate, and you're still with us. <laughs> but I know something that doesn't have hepatitis, and that's your team, because you knocked me out, apparently, of a prelim. I couldn't see it because you invited me as a guest or something like this, but you've done me by about 30. How'd the round go there, B? Yeah, going good, mate. Uh, 1,044. Uh, 
It would have been better if Jesse Ramian could have caught that ball and run for an intercept instead of an error. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have gone up a few, or maybe gone up some ranks. But um, no, pretty pretty good round. And I, I think a lot of people would have scored in that kind of thousands, maybe high 900s, because uh, there were some big scores. Well, mate, I scored 1,008, and my rank for the round was 6,169. I moved back a touch, mate, to 427. Are you still in fourth? Yeah, still in fourth. Uh, the guy who's in second had Matt Timoko um, as a difference in this game. Yep. Um, so him going over for two tries was um, was not the greatest for me. Um, he also had Tedesco. Actually, everyone's got Tedesco except me in that kind of area. Uh, so there was a bit of ground made up. But um, I know that a lot of the guys in the top 10 have run out of trades mm. uh, where I'm clinging on to one. So... Who knows what the carnage is going to be from judiciaries and injuries. Um, I guess we'll see how we go. Well, mate, I antipodded Joey Manu because my mate had him in draft in the prelim, and we ended up beating him by 200 points. So I didn't even have to antipod him. <laughs> so I ended up what with Karaz, which it wasn't too bad at 38, but still 17 points. And at this end of the season, it, like especially between you know the ranks of 200 to about 500, there's only probably about 100 points that separates the entire sort of field, man. So that was interesting. But let's go to suspensions and injuries brought to you by NordVPN. So NordVPN, get your special offer now and protect yourself and get viewing overseas stuff at nordvpn.com slash talk. League. Now, injuries, this, as you said, could cause some chaos here, B. Now, Jaden Campbell, unfortunately, a knee, still waiting for news here, but fingers crossed it's not the the ACL. Phil Sami suspected lift Frank injury. Adam Reynolds on the weekend, he's being diagnosed with a calf injury. He's probably going to miss next week and be back for the final week. The big one here is James Tedesco. Now, he copped a grade, uh, sorry, what do they call him? A level one or whatever the hell they call him? Yeah, uh, category two. Category, he was on the field. No, and then he, they changed it, didn't they? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So after the assessment, they gave turned it from category two to category one, which uh, is, which means he's out next week. Yeah, because they've got a really short turnaround as the Tigers on Saturday night. Ruben Garrick, obviously that back injury that he caught from that <laughs> that hit. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Jack Wyden pulled out with a minor hamstring injury. Jazz Tavanga looking at three to four weeks with a hamstring. It's a little bit more major than the Jackie Wyden's. And the real one is probably going to be a talking one. This I think all fantasy coaches, especially a lot of people in that top kind of couple thousand, Corey Horsborough, with about 10 minutes to go. It, look, it, he looked like he ran into his hip. He reacted really poorly to it too. So it's going to be very, very interesting. They've got a short turnaround, six days to the the Bron- who do they play? Saturday night they play the Titans, maybe? Who do they play? Saturday night they have got the Broncos, uh, sorry. Broncos. So that's going to be very interesting. <laughs> I guess it's one of those things around, you know, we always talk about balance of your squad there. I think a lot of people may be playing short this week. Yeah, it's um, it's. I think Teamless Tuesday is going to offer some pretty high hardcore carnage um, for some of these coaches. Well, South's got the buy as well, which will take, you know, a lot of people did recruit Cameron Murray and Latrell Mitchell. So when you lose, uh, I think then some teams will have both Corey will have Murray, Latrell, Teddy, and Horsborough. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I only own Murray and Horsborough out of those. I am lucky enough to have cover, though. Lucky duck, mate. Now, let's move the player charges. I thought they were a little bit soft this week. Now, Sean Sullivan, fine. The one that was really interesting, Bill, I'm not sure if you, you got to see it closely, was the James Fisher-Harris, his hip drop, which I thought was resembled exactly what Jacob Preston's was, and he copped a fine. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I saw, I saw it. I thought, um, I thought Preston's was a little bit worse, but... And he was on his no, second... 
charge as well, wasn't he, Preston? Uh, no, so he got he escaped a charge from the first one. He didn't even get a fine because they just found that it was not a hip drop. He was actually bringing the ball down, um, and then just the guy got injured. So it was his first one, but it was Preston's was a textbook hip drop. Yeah, got you. Um, so yeah, I don't think the the recurrence of it has had anything to do with it, but that's um that's surprising. Yeah, Bunty Afoa, now he got a fine. Semi Valley May, he got a fine as well. So not too bad on the player charges. It'll be interesting if there's anything else out of today because Latrell Mitchell got a bin as well. So that's another big talking point that originally the referee was going to like send him off and then, uh, of course, he spoke to the bunker and put him in the bin and put him on report. But there could be more come out of that one there, B. Yeah, that was the elbow, wasn't it, in the, in the face? Yeah, it definitely was, mate. So, yeah, well, he's hoping he gets one week, and that helped me a little bit. For sure, mate, for <laughs> sure. Let's move across to the games. I think we'll probably do this nice and fast. We might see a few black bookers, but we'll just talk about the main guys. Now, the Sharkies, they were pretty impressive in a 32-12 win on a Thursday. Cowboys came out of the blocks really, really quick. It's one of those things that, especially with these teams competing for the finals, bees, I'm really enjoying it because the intensity has just gone up a notch, man. Yeah, I think the skill level's gone up to them as well, and there's certain teams that are showca- showcasing how they're they're building form going into the finals, and I think Sharks are one of those teams, to be honest. Um, I think they're actually one of the more impressive teams throughout the whole course of the round. Mate, now let's look at the Sharks. Now, the guy I want to talk about first is someone we haven't really spoken about for probably a month or so now, Nico Hines, mate. Now, he is outscored Cleary only by one point last week, but quite substantially this week. See someone that you might be looking at maybe captaining in the next couple of rounds? I was so close to captaining him this week, um, going off my theory that he plays first yeah. out of the two, but it was Cleary against the Titans. I didn't think the Titans were going to offer too much, especially without foreign um, and just yeah, without Tanner Boyd. Um, I thought they'd be in a bit of shambles, but um, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't do the anti-captain and yeah, um, Nico Hines, he, he killed it, didn't he? Mate, is that the really just kind of just really out there, mate? Braden Trindle, 436 kick metres. Nico Hines, 234 kick metres. Quite interesting how that Braden Trindle, he's a natural seven, but he's, I think they're, they're really combining well. And I think Nico just, he doesn't have to do everything. Yeah. Mate, if you want to talk about black bookers, Braden Trindle's probably number one on my list right now. I think he's going to be the starting six next year. Um, and if he's showcasing these mid-40 score but got a 30 average, mate, there's 15 points of value straight off the bat. Yeah, I think so too, mate. We saw what he did in that first three rounds when he was a great cashy for us. The other guy I want to talk to you about, mate, especially for people that, lowing, that are low on cash, mate, Connor Tracy. Now, he started the week at 472K. He scored another 50 there. Now, he's going to add, just having a look at his break even here, mate, because he scored 51. Adds 15K, so still under 500K. For someone, just say Lemu Elu doesn't come back next week and you've got trades, I actually think this is a perfect swap, mate. Yeah, if, if he's displaying that, I, I'm a big, bigger fan of having a fullback in the centre spot than I am having an actual centre. Um, and if you're doing a straight swap in that, I think Lemuelo will be back. Mm. Um, and I don't, because I don't, like you and Aitken was all right there, but I think they've, they've showcased that, that Aitken's going to be their centre for the year and Lemuelo is going to be the back rower. So, I think he can go worse with Connor Tracy, but, mate, dual position as well, so he's going to offer you that cover in those final rounds. Um, mate, he was fantastic. He, he got man of the match, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He got the Paul Green medal, which Paul was Green a medal. You know, shout out fantastic. to the Green family. Yeah, really cool. Hmm. Now, mate, Jesse Ramey, and I'm going to give it to you. So he started on fire. It was on 19 after 20 minutes. Oh, B, just kind of just showing off. Has to text me around uh, Ramey and just absolutely destroying it. From there, he literally doesn't touch the ball. 
Oh, my God. And it happens all the time for me. As soon as I open my mouth, getting lippy on how good someone's going, they just absolutely shit the bed. And um, it, it all came to the at the very end on that last play where he had the <laughs> intercept. It literally fell into his chest. And if he catches it, he runs and scores. But he drops it, so there's a 20-point turnaround. And I was like, oh, that's just, that's just the end of his night. I was just over it. Now, turning to the cows, Drinky had a nice little 62 there. We started goal kicking there too, B. But probably the guy I want to talk to you about is probably someone that's probably between the 17th and 18th man for a lot of people, Reese Robson. Now, he hasn't scored 50 since he's gone to origin, man. So is it the back end of the season, just catching up with him? Would you have any issues playing him? Oh, God. If he's... I think he's a perfect 18th man because everyone needs that hooker cover for Grant um, if you didn't get like an Appy Coruscant or something in that same price range. But it's the missed tackles that are, are always the killer for him. Like he's He's got the tackle numbers up, and if your tackle numbers are uh, higher than your overall score, then it means something else is going wrong. And, yeah, he's got you know six missed tackles. They're not running the ball. Um, I, I, I thought he'd be a bit better coming off the bye, but... Yeah, apparently not. What I have noticed this year, B, and you probably have as well, is the amount of missed tackles from starting dummy halves this year has, has just gone through the roof. I would like to see someone like maybe a Cameron Smith, who obviously understands the position better than anyone, instead of like Cameron, with due respects to him, does a lot of generic sort of media. I would love him to do a deep dive into why they have so many missed tackles. It could be a technique style. Like, I don't know, but I think it would be great coming from him. Yeah, it, it could very well be the speed of the play, the balls that are happening at the moment, and the first person on the scene is the dummy half mm. who slows them down. They fall off the tackle, but then the forwards come in, but the forwards weren't as fast to get up to the tackle. So that could potentially be it. I haven't actually watched too much dummy half play, but that, that's the only thing I can really see. Um, and Reed Marnie's the perfect example of that with slower forwards coming up to try and affect the tackle. Yeah, for sure. Now, moving to the Friday game, a really good one to start Friday, Warriors 29 Manly 22, very controversial with that DCE forward pass. And then there was probably a try. What did you think of that Garrick one? I thought he got to the ball well before CNK. And if anything, it was simultaneous. Yeah, I well, obviously, as a Garrick owner, I was hoping for the try. But <laughs> I, I think it was a try. But every angle they showed you on the replays showed a different kind of outcome. Mm. So I, I found it. I, I think that because it went up as no try, didn't it? Yeah, it did. No, Oh, yeah, they went up. Yeah, they went up as no try. Okay, so if it went up as no try, I think then they kind of build it up in their heads that if it's a fifty-fifty call, they've got to go with the on-field referee, but justify it in the bunker. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a try um, from the first couple of angles because you can see him just plant the corner of the ball, um, but you know, not to be. Now, mate, the ta- let's talk about that tackle on Garrick because uh, it's been quite a debated one in our group chat. Now, I get what the NRL are saying in terms of like the interpretation, especially when it's not from a kick, but I do think there's a duty of care from the tackler, especially when you hit him. And I don't take the excuse that that the player ended up on his back so it's not dangerous. Like, I think it is. My theory behind it is that okay, you're not you're allowed to tackle a player in midair because it's bounced. Yeah. But if you put them in a dangerous position, it's a penalty. So if you were just affecting a normal tackle, so forward runs up, gets tackled, puts in a dangerous position, it's a penalty. This guy's catching the ball, gets put in a dangerous position, even though it's in the air, and you're allowed to make that type of tackle, it's a penalty. Yeah. And I think so, the, I think the other thing is that the referees have a really bad language on the field. Because as soon as he says that 
he deemed the bunker deemed it not to be in a dangerous position. I think they give away the fact because he was put in a dangerous position. Because let's put them up in that position that he was in, and let's see if they deem it dangerous when they come down on his back at a million miles an hour from a meter and a half up, right? Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I I can kind of see it from both sides on why they make the decision. But if it was me and I was officiating a rule book and like making the rule up, I'd be at least at the very least it needs to have it be looked at and had a bit of a change put into it. Yeah, I, yeah, that was um that was pretty scary. I think Graham Asley should have came out and said, "Look, the interpretation from the referee was correct. However, we are now reviewing this and we'll make a proper decision either during the week or over the off season because we do need to have the best interest of the players' welfare in heart." Yeah, I'm um, I'm pretty sure Valandis has already come out and said something like that that they're going to try and close any loopholes to make player safety their number one priority. Yeah, so he's already, they've already come out and said something. Big. Now, mate, uh, Manly, we both got... Did you end up getting Cherry Evans? Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Oh, I got, mate. I got, I got for feeder instead, so... He's got. He's, <laughs> yeah, well, they've kind of narrowed each other off, right, mate, because yeah. they've kind of the, scored the, the same. Yeah, yeah, the only issue is I had to use one extra trade to get for feeder, but, you know. Now, DCE, mate, now Manly have a very nice little draw to finish. They've got the Doggies and Tigers, so this could be a bit of a hard watch for you, mate. Yeah, I, I feel though with DCE, it doesn't matter who the opponent is because like, we, we talked about it last week with Robbo, is that everyone expected him to get a 40 because he was playing Penrith and he chucked on an 88 or whatever it was. And yeah, this game was a 68 and it was against the good Warriors side, but the game before, um, I can't even remember who they were playing, he scored a 40 and it wasn't a, a massive team. So I, I I wouldn't take the caliber of the opponent into account when it comes to Cherry Evans because he essentially scores all his points in the exact same way. Now, B, I've got a, a big one. This is a draft question, mate. So, Jason Saab, I'm sure that he's going to be sitting in a lot of free agencies this week. They've got the doggies. Now, would you back him off for the free agency if you had a grand final? <laughs> Depending on who else you've got in that wing fullback spot, uh, but I think there's worse shouts out there. He's um, yeah, scoring scoring three tries against the Warriors. Can you imagine what he can potentially do on those sides? Because is he is Cooler playing on the centre? No, they swap sides. Cooler played left centre, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So depending on if uh, when Brad Parker potentially comes back or if they keep Morgan Harper in there. I I really like Morgan Harper, and I think he's giving a bit better ball to Saab. Yeah, mate. The other so, the other thing is, who would have thought at the start of the season that you know, there's no doubt Dallin Watini Zalesniak is the most improved winger in the game. Really, he was like this in the junior game. It's really fulfilling his promise now. But Jason Saab has improved dramatically since coming back from his ACL. I think these two are the most improved wingers in the game. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give the edge just to DWZ because of the Warriors' position on the ladder. Mm. Um, I wish he could have done that when he was at the Dogs for a million dollars <laughs> a year or whatever he's getting paid, but. Um, no, I, I think they're both fantastic to watch, and um, I, I they're, they're both very different wingers. And I think that uh, Dallin's like his finishes is probably why I would choose him just over Saab, just because he can score those tries that most wingers can't. Now, mate, Sean Johnson. Now he's hasn't been goal kicking with that quad injury, so Adam Pompey slotted four, so that's an extra eight. But still, his stats are a little bit down, missing a couple of tackles now, mate. He's missed three on the weekend, which is kind of unusual because he's really cleaned up his game there. Sj in his defence, man. Yeah, the the issue is on this one that he didn't actually make many tackles. So normally he's at 20 to 22 kind of tackles. He's, his kick meters are a little bit higher. He's also got a couple more try assists. So 
if you if you chuck a few of those things in, he's probably getting you that kind of fifty score in this game. Um, but you know, lucky he kicked that field goal at the end to put him away. Um, that chucked on another nice five points. Mate, interesting since that Titans game where he nearly turned up, he got that ninety six. So the last two games where he's been injured, his run meters have gone down to fifty nine and fifty one. Before that, he hasn't had anything that low since round eighteen against the Rabbitohs, and that was in torrential rain. Yeah, it's um. I think it's at a stage where everyone has him, so it doesn't really matter, and no one's got trades to trade him out. True, because um, there's other fires, so it's just going to be one of those things that you hold. You know, he's he's got th- that average, and you know what he can potentially do. Um, I don't think he's one you move on. Now, mates, Adam kind of did a flip side with Tohu. Now, Tohu got a 69 after scoring a really nice try there, but Adam, unfortunately, despite playing 71 minutes, he just didn't get the same production. A few kind of demerits in this one. He had two missed tackles, one error. So, But I wouldn't worry too much about Adam. I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, 100%. The the, the positive thing about this is those minutes. Um, so you know what he can do with 55 to 60 minutes. If he's getting 71 for the next two weeks, there's the potential of a 60 to an 80. Mate, another guy that's kind of gone under the radar over the last couple of weeks is Toa Foa Sipley. Now, he's got a 62 and 57 for anyone that might be short of mid in maybe a draft grand final or something like that. But Mr. Sipley is actually playing pretty good. He's got a good PPM this year of 1.08. So, not too bad there, mate. Yeah, not one I'd be trusting, though. I think there's better options for that price range. Um, again, the minutes piece is the part that's concerning for me, which is uh, he had 47 minutes in this one. Um, and there was four offloads to hand. So it's probably not the norm. Um, plus a lot of tackles for that, that period of time, 37 tackles. So, yeah, I think there's better options, to yeah, be honest. I think so too. Now, mate, maybe a look into next year. Josh Schuster came on the left edge. Now, he only got 25 minutes for his six. Now, he's not the sort of bloke that we know. We know he's ball skills, but he's not the sort of work rate guy. can be very interesting to see. Would you pick him up if he lined up on the edge next year, mate, possibly? 100%. Yeah, if he's got a 30 average, he was averaging about, what, 42, 43 um, the year he played edge. Mm. So if he's on, thir- yeah, again, that's a 13-point um, window, which is going to get you about 170 grand in price rises. Um, I don't – the, the killer on it would potentially be if he gets that dual position again, because – he is predominantly been paying, playing half all year, and if they load him up as half and then gets that 12 jersey, he'll get mm. the same dual position. I think it's going to be super valuable. Now, turning to the Roosters and their win over the Eels, 34-12, to probably a closer game than the score indicates here, B, but the Eels run into Penrith this week, so it could be a potential opportunity. Maybe not the forwards, but maybe a few of the backs to start offloading, man. Yeah, potentially. Um, the the Tedesco one's obviously a bit concerning, especially if you're a head-to-head player. If he's yeah. not playing, then he's someone you have to move on. Um, and uh, Parramatta and Penrith had that really good game at the start of the year. So I think I think Parramatta will be up for it, and I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Now, mate, one of the guys I want to talk to you about is Will Penasini. Now, Will's kind of like last three or four games hasn't been great. So looking at his last month, he's called 43, 35, 18, and 25. Has it got to a point that if you do have trades, he is a move on, and maybe if you have to have him in a draft grand final, if you've got other options, would you play him? It's it's hard, and it's... um. Because he was he was the form center for a long, for a long, long time, time right? there, yep. and I think the absence of Mitch Moses is really affecting him. So he was on he, um Mitch Moses obviously went down at halftime last week, and Panasini's score just dried up. 
And even though Dylan Brown played on the same side, Dylan Brown is predominantly a ball-running half. So I don't think Panasini was getting the ball he needed. Um, had a lot of demerits in this game as well. So, yeah, I, I, I guess you'd be weighing up who your 14 through 17 is if you've got any good centres there for draft. But mm. I'd be pretty concerned if... um. I'd be moving him on probably over all outside backs, considering he's not going to play in round 27 if you're overall. Yeah, and that man, that man you mentioned, Dylan Brown. Now, I actually thought he was outstanding at seven, but he just didn't have a kicking game. If he had a kicking game, he scored 77, had a really good break at the end as well that he nearly scored a try. But you put a kicking game on him, and he could be anything in a seven jersey. Yeah, do they have any other halves coming up in grade? Like, because I I just feel like Dylan Brown and Dejan Arcee just do not complement each other as half and five eighth, and um, I I don't know who who that who the answer is for that. But no, I um I think he did take the take the reins as good as he potentially could against a Rooster side that were pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. They had a good game. Now, Jalen Hopgood on an edge actually really surprised me. I didn't really think that he would have the foot speed to play out there, but he got through his work. As normal, gets his couple of offloads in, had four actually. So be interesting to see whether they keep him there. Really for the team, I'm really surprised Ryan Madison just doesn't start there, man. That was going to be my exact point, is that why are they not keeping Hopgood at 13 where he's played all year and decide to move Joe off and Gowie there for a little bit and then play Madison in the middle? I mean, I understand that's what they've done um, in the past, but... Surely he you, Madison would be better as an 80-minute edge player for these last few rounds um, over... Hop over Hopgood and off and Gowie. I'd rather have Madison and Hopgood as my combo. Yeah, and speaking of Madison, now Corbs had him on the sell list a couple of weeks ago. Scored a twenty six and thirty seven. I think it's actually time to move him on if you've got trades, man. Yep, hundred percent. We we called it all last week that it just he didn't look himself for the points per minute that we're used to last week. Um, and um, there's a couple of people, and it just shows that even the we said this last week that even the best can get it wrong because um, Nigel commented on it saying I think Madison's a hold. Nigel's ranked number one. Yep. He knows what he's doing, and yet Madison just hasn't produced in those last two weeks. So even the best of us can get it wrong. Absolutely. Now looking at the Roosters, net mate. Now it's good to see you know Joseph Sawalehi how they never started with him on the right wing after that disaster of the first kind of month or so at left centre. He's mate. He's a super right winger. Mate, we, we were calling that at the start of the year, weren't we? As, as, oh, not me, was, mate. I'll put my hand up. I said he was going to be a good left centre. So. Oh, no, so what, what I was saying is that I, I know we kind of thought, oh, he could have the potential to be a good left centre, get that early ball and set up some tries for Daniel Tupo. But as soon as he moved, we were always saying, okay, he's shitting the bed at centre, move him to the wing. That's where he's going to get his points. Lo and behold, he goes to the wing and he starts scoring well. It's like Adam O'Brien with Kalen Ponga. It's like it's it's the obvious move, but the coach doesn't seem to want to do it for a while. Now, mate, Angus Crichton came off the bench, got forty eight minutes, had a few good touches there for a twenty five. You know, we talked about Josh Schuster lining him up. Now he's going to probably well, he's got a thirty three average, mate. So he's nearly a shoe, and if he can get back to kind of the normal Angus Crichton, yeah, it's going to be interesting on how they utilize because he didn't come on the edge. He came he came through through the middle. Yeah. And they've got so many edges in that team. They've got both the Butcher Boys. They've got Satili Tupanua, um, Angus Crichton Wong. himself, obviously. And sometimes they'll run in Victor Radley as a uh, back rower while Cheese was playing lock. So uh, I, if if he starts in the 11 or the 12 jersey next year, mate, he's he's probably one of my first bought. Mate, they've got young Wong as well, who's playing some really good footy. Like, he scored that try and, you know, gets for his work, man. Yeah, is he off contract? I know that a couple of clubs have been trying to line him up. I think maybe a year after next. 
Yeah, maybe. So that maybe they're looking for that November one to start talking to him. Yeah. Now Joey Manu should shift to fullback this week, so looking probably at a good score from from him there. B. So I'm definitely going to line him back up in my <laughs> seventeen, mate. Yeah. Hopefully Joey Manu turns up because I know Nigel does not have him. So. Might um might give us a bit of a leg up, but have you noticed the amount of minutes that Lindsay Collins is playing lately? Like he's oh. extraordinary. Sixty eight minutes. He played eighty minutes two weeks ago. Yeah, mate. He's actually one of my favourite front rowers to watch now. See that um that try saver that he had? That was just all effort. Yeah. I, I just I, I I love the bloke. Um, I hate what he did in Origin to us, but um, again, you can't fault the efforts. You know, out, out leaping Tedesco in Origin and then saving tries like this, just all heart. So, absolutely, mate. mate. Like, I don't like a lot of Queenslanders, but I do like him, and I like Walshy, and I like Carrigan. Yeah, that's a fair call. All right, let's keep moving on. I think much more to talk about. I've got to see Big Papi back for a little 11 (laughs) off 12. Mate, the cheese as well, standing out there. So, people that uh, got him, nice, got rewarded with a nice little 54 there, B. Yeah, not not too bad, but I would have taken Coruscant a few weeks ago over him, wouldn't you? <laughs> and, mate, you know, I'll go back to it now. I wish I took Nat Butcher over Johnny Bateman because at the time when I put Bateman, I thought he was going to get a duel, and that's the only reason why I took him over. I would have loved to have had Butcher's versatility right now. Yeah, Butcher, he's um he's the guy in first and the guy in second both have Butcher, and when he went over for that try at, in the last minute, I was just I was ready to throw the remote into the TV. <laughs> Because it was just, it was such a soft try, and he just broke the line, broke a couple of tackles, scores the try, goes from 44 to a bloody 66. Now, mate, let's move to the Saturday games. The Tigers 24 and a nail biter over the Dolphins 23. You picked up Addy Appy Corusel this week, and mate, that was an extraordinary kickoff and then an extraordinary kick for goal. Mate, he is a champion. So I actually didn't get to watch this game because I was at my wife's parents' house uh, for like a family day thing that we do. Um, and I quickly looked at the score, and I, I saw it was 23-22. I was like, oh, Dolphins came back. And then 24-23, I'm like, what could have possibly happened? As soon as I got home, NRL highlights, checked it out, and, yeah, the the the, um, the restart was amazing. And then Appy's goal kick, uh, I, I've, I've never seen anything so nail-biting um, to hit it. <laughs> Um, hit, a, hit a crossbar, let alone a post. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to watch the second half. We had a family thing on as well, but I did watch the second half, and that was not the greatest. There was plenty of just Nevilles out there, unfortunately. <laughs> Good things is Isaiah Papalihi came back to his best, mate. I actually thought that in the second half of what I watched was very, very good. His stats backed that up, offloading, tackle-breaking, and I just thought he was everywhere there in the second half. Yeah, and he, he he's another one where... People can jump to conclusions on guns, mm. uh, where people, a few weeks ago, he was putting in 30s and 40s, and people were like, sell him, sell him, sell him, he's so bad. Um, I know some people sold him for Latrell Mitchell as well, who, who is a player who's coming into a buy, and I never understood the logic on it. So, um, I'm, it's it's good to see him. He's showing his, his pedigree. Um, yeah, and all, all the stats there, what he was doing in Parramatta. You know, he's getting his 40 tackles, he's getting his 100 run metres, a couple of turnovers, a couple of offloads, um, and the missed tackles is, you know, it could be better, but it's not as bad as it has been. Yeah, mate. Now, looking at the Dolphins, now you and Aiken switching back to the second row, nice try there for a 66. Now, they're going to probably have Lemu, Elu and Bromwich back this week. Do they keep him in the second row, or do they shift him back? I think they'll shift him back. There's no reason why they would have not not have put him in the back row if they didn't think Lemuelo and Kafusi were the, the two back rowers and Bromwich in the middle. Mm. Um, and I think they'll move, because Bostock played centre, I think, instead of Aitken. 
So I think they'll put Bostock back to the maybe the tw- in the twenty two, but not starting, and put you and Aitken back in centre. No, it was Tessie New in the end, so they did a little swip swapsy. So Bostock played oh, on the so- wing, yeah, yeah, but a very close. Oh, okay, well either way, I, then Tessie New goes back to the wing, and you and Aitken goes into centre. Yeah, I think so too. Now, mate, Trey Fuller's one to watch, even though he's twenty six years old. So he's the cousin of Ben Barber, and looks exactly like him. He's got a beautiful try, plays exactly like him too. Very light. I think he's only like eighty kilos, but setting the world on fire down there in the Queensland Cup. In fantasy, he has like a mid-50s average, and he's got a 53 coming off the bench for 47 minutes there, and someone to keep an eye on. I'm just not sure what the future holds with both the Hammer and then also Herbie Farnworth going to be there, but if he ever gets an opportunity in the in the future, definitely someone to keep in the black book. Yeah, you've also got to think they've got Nick Arima there, and they've got Jake Avarillo coming as well as outside back, so... Um yeah, potentially one to watch, but um, definitely not a pick up this year and definitely watch next year in case he gets a starting gig. Now, if you didn't watch the game, I highly encourage you to watch the highlights. Cody Nicarima hit on the right side over to uh, old mate uh, Jermaine Azarka on Zarka. the right with the best bullet ball I've ever seen. Like, it was incredibly fast. It looked like one of those American quarterbacks. That's how fast it went, man. Yeah, it remi- I did watch the highlights, and the only players I think I've seen throw passes like that is Kalen Ponga and Reese Walsh in recent memory. Just they've got that ability to cut out pass, just bang, fast, straight onto the chest, and the winger knows it's coming and just goes straight through untouched. Yeah, it was really good. Now, you know what's really interesting? Jared Walsh is a very interesting watch. He got through 59 minutes, but he has such soft hands for such a big guy. Like, if they could trim him down, I actually think that he could have a bit of an impact there as a lock. Yeah, well, he's he played lock for the Titans as well. Um, he, so he has shown that he can play in that position. He came off the bench, didn't he? And they, play, they started Mark Nichols off memory. Mm. Yeah, they did. Um, at the 13. But, mate, I would be starting Jared Wallace every day of the week in the 13 role over Mark Nichols. Yeah, I thought he was actually really, really good. Now, moving on, the Panthers 40, the Titans 14. Now, very, very interesting that the Titans actually came out really hard in this one, B. So they were actually leading after the first kind of 20 minutes or so. It was equal. But it was interesting that there was a play where Peachy... So Chin goes through. Peachy gets taken out by the centre. But... Then Peachy kicks the ball forward and it goes in goal, but he scores. But they bring it back for him knocking the ball on. Did you see that part? Uh, I saw that. It wasn't Peachy that got taken out. It was Hosking, I think. Um, so the back row was the one who got taken out. Um, but then uh, he, he put the toe through, but I, I didn't see a knock on in it. And then did I, I. And then I, I think it would have actually been better for the Titans if they allowed the try because then Titans keep 13 men on the field. Um, but instead, Shop goes to the bin. And then I think it was just all over Red Rover. It was like they were looking for an excuse just to put him in the bin. But, mate, good to see Dylan Edwards' owners finally rewarded, mate, because that's been a tough wash over the last month. It's not like he's playing bad, just his output had kind of just dried up. But this one, mate, two tries, especially the way that he was scoring those tries, 11 tackle breaks is the big one, I think, man. Yeah, the tackle breaks. It's also the run meters, TK. He's had a couple of games where he's in the 130s, 150s. Um, But this is what we would always get in Dylan Edwards for is a few tackle breaks, uh, maybe a try assist here or there, maybe a try, and then those big run meters. So he was going to get you a 35 to a 40 as a floor, um, and that's what you always wanted. Um, But, you know, power to the coaches who kept a hold of him. I think he was always going to be a hold with that average. 
Um, so good to see him put a big score on. Yeah, I mate, mean, Nathan Cleary, he got a 63 in this one. I'm, I'm actually glad that they've got the derby against Parra this week because he looks frustrated out there with his teammates because it feels that I feel that they've kind of, I don't know if it's because they've had a, such a big run into this kind of games, but they feel I feel like they've kind of maybe clicked back a notch, a touch. Yeah, I think they're they're resting a few players as well throughout. Like not instead of just resting everyone in round twenty seven, they're just doing it sporadically. So this game, uh, Sorensen was missing, and so was Brian Toto. So um, Sorensen's been a big part of that team, obviously, and then mm. Toto's the finisher on Cleary's side, uh, or Cleary's main side, I should say. So maybe those things are kicking in. But at the end of the day, again, everyone brought him in. You brought him in for a reason. Everyone was captaining him for a reason. So there's no there's no real harm. Keeping on captaining him, um, especially if he's putting on a sixty, that you'll still take that as a captain. Now, mate, like considering how clunky they've been over the last two games, is the chances of them resting players over the next two games kind of significantly dropping or even dropping? Um, I think it's dropping for two reasons. One is that because they need to have their best seventeen on the field to actually, or there's thirteen plus their emergencies clicking. Um, the other part is that the Broncos are so close to them on that ladder. Um, so you know, I know minor premierships don't matter and if they finish first or second they get a home final mm. um so i yeah i think they, it, it is dropping dramatically they have also rested a fair few players throughout like Isaiah had a week off um at one stage cleary had that six weeks off for the injury so he needs to get more games under his legs so i, I think you're going to be pretty safe with a lot of those gun um, penrith players yeah interesting what they do next year with uh, Stephen crichton out mate when he moves over to the doggies whether they continue to play Peachy and move Tungo over to the right side, or they might give this young kid in Tom Jenkins, he's one to have a look at. He's got he's got a nice carry. Yeah, Jenkins was good, mate. He um he got I don't know if you'll keep that dual position, but no, he's it's just the next man up mentality for Penrith, isn't it? Like you you, you lose Isaiah um not Isaiah Isaac Targo, um you bring in Tyron Peachy. Oh, Brian Targo's out. You bring in this young guy Tom Jenkins who's doing basically almost the same job. So um, they're they're a juggernaut, mate. Honestly, yeah, absolutely, mate. Now moving over to the Titans. Now they had a debut for young Thomas Weaver, and he's got a weird haircut, but he definitely can play footy. But scored a thirty-one in this one. But I just thought he was it was pretty impressive. Seven hundred and thirty-seven kick meters, and he wasn't scared to run the ball either. Yeah, he was. I think he was always going to be doing that kind of kick. Not obviously to that level. We didn't expect it, but mm. um, that's what Tanner Boyd was doing when Kieran Foran was playing at five eight. He was just taking all the kick meters. So. You know, I was I was expecting about a 500 kick meter game from him, but um, it's very clear that he was on debut because they just ran so much traffic <laughs> at him, and th- and those eight missed tackles. That's just that's just showing you that Penrith had a game plan just to attack the young rookie. I think so. 18 tackles, eight missed tackles, a poor fella. But looking elsewhere, AJ Brimson he had a nice little game there for a 53. The big three in Fafita, Tino, and then Fodawaka all scoring 50 plus games there. He must have been a little bit worried about David Fafita. He was on a 15 at halftime, but before he got that nice try straight after after the half. Yeah, mate, I think he was on like three after 20 minutes, and I was like, oh. But you got to always have the faith in the averages because at the end of the day, he's got an average and everyone picks players up for a reason. Um, and yeah, that, that that try was schoolboy level, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was and it was to, at Nathan Cleary too. Yeah, I don't know what Nathan, Nathan Cleary just clocked off for one second and then, yeah, they just threw the ball back to Fafita and he goes through almost untouched. Pretty much. Now, mate, moving over to the Storm and Dragons. Now, the Dragons scaring him in this one. They ended up winning 38 to 28, but the Dragons let 18 4 at one stage after the Storm scored the first try. But just looking at the Storm stats, mate, Eli Katoa, 
Now, I picked him up off the free agency last week to put him into my draft team last wow. week. So he got a nice little 82. But that right edge there, mate, of uh, Jerome Hughes is someone that I recommended this week as well as a antipod play on DCE and Munster. But that right edge of Hughes, Warbrick, and Katoa were absolutely magnificent. Katoa scoring 82, Warbrick 76 with three tries, and then Yuzi with a 75 as well. Yeah, Husey, I I think I'd still, as a conservative coach, I would have taken the DCE over Hughes. But I'll tell you what, if you took Hughes over Munster, you are laughing right now. Um, and I think the, the news with Munster, with his, his partner giving birth and everything, I don't know if his mind was really on the job. Um, so they just targeted that right side. And, um, yeah, out of the three, I think War Warbrick was amazing. Yeah. On that, just the, the balance he showed in one of those tries where players were coming over to tackle him and he still just kept his feet and then just put it down easy. Yeah, that man, Cameron Munster, you kind of know that this is in his game, though. That's 25. He could easily go 100. Probably one of those ones. Would you still recommend buying him if you don't have him at this stage? Or is those off-field stuff now maybe just too much of a concern? Well, I, th- I think there's too many better options, to be honest. Like, D- DCE showing a more consistent kind of base than mm. what Munster's doing. Munster relies on all those attacking stats. Everyone was probably expecting Munster to score 60 to 100 in this game because they just look at the opposition. But there's so many other factors behind it. And, um, you know, as a conservative coach, you're going to go the likes of those DCEs, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think as fun as it is to hold Munster, what you just said with more consistency and a few things going off off the field with Cameron Munster, probably one to go through the keeper. Harry Grant got a 50 in 66 minutes, copped a really bad eye, eye poke in this one to scare everyone, especially for the people that have zero hooker cover. Yeah, but how how is that a HIA? How do you go off for a HIA for getting a finger in the eye? Unless he's got like gigantic sausage fingers and it goes through his eye and into his brain, it doesn't make sense. Like cheek, you're not getting cheeky, a, an injury mate. assessment; it's an injury to the eye. So it, why? Because do they get a free substitute if it's a HIA? Yep. So they get a yeah. free substitute. So, yeah. So to me, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think know, that's one that the I'm, NRL should be saying what is going on here. Yeah, I know my Lord and Savior Phil Gould was going off about it. <laughs> no doubt, mate. It was, that's fine. I think everyone's yeah should get pulled up. Looking at the Dragons now, mate. Now, obviously, they played a lot of kind of reserve grade players here. Probably Dan Russell probably didn't have his greatest game. Eight missed tackles in this one, B. So, scored a 25. I know a lot of people have been kind of running in between 17th and 18th, man. Yeah, it's only an issue, I guess, if you if you had him playing. But I don't. I think a lot of people brought him in as that kind of cash out to to get another big gun to, for the run home. So because um, I know when he was on the market at two sixty five, I took Wade Graham instead, and they're kind of evening themselves out. I think. Yeah, I think so too, mate. Wade's been pretty pretty good actually on our side. I would have no problems playing him if it has to happen over the next couple of weeks. Now, apart from that, uh, Moan got a thirty four. Not much more to talk about in terms of. They're scoring. Uh, Max Fairgay got a 46, kind of interesting there. So he's only averaging a 31. So he played on the wing in this one. So very interesting. Maybe track him maybe into next year. Moving on to, sorry, B. You know, I was going to say, is he the one that they're moving on? They said one of the Fagai brothers were going to get moved on. Probably Max, I reckon, because Matty's been in the system for quite a while in first grade. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway. Let us know if any people know. Now, moving to Sunday games. Now, the Knights 29. Now, I'm double or nothing now on Bloody Patty. So, I'm going to have to triple or nothing him into the Sharks' Knights. Oh, wow. Well, mate, at least you got you got double skin in that game because it's your team. Mm-hmm. So, you, you'll cheer extra hard. And Gibbs, 
especially when you're going down to your last couple of weeks. This is his last show this week as well. Good content, mate. It's good laughs. It's good laughs. Mate, Greg Marzu, 86 in three tries. That was one of the most impressive winger performances I've seen this year. I know that he got set up for a few of these tries, but he was everywhere. 11 tackle breaks, 241 metres. Yeah, he's a beast. And honestly, I, I think Newcastle won this trade uh, when they got Marzu and sent Chris Randall up to the Gold Coast because uh, Marzu, he's just adding an element on that left edge. And But he was also doing it in the middle. Just breaking tackles, doing everything that you want him to do as a winger. He was on like 55, I think it was, at half time. Yeah, mate. I think we went off with uh, DWZ and Sabi is the most improved winger. I think this guy is. Well, I, is he improved? I think he's doing exactly what everyone thought he was going to do anyway. Well, he kind of, what's he averaging now? It'd be in the mid 50s, wouldn't it? Because yeah, remember, 53. He was, remember, he was like that 38, 39 guy for like three or four seasons. Now, He's gone to fifty three. That's kind of a, that's elite, mate. Yeah, that's um, it's but they're, they're the ballsy plays that sometimes pay off. Is again, it's a it's a non goal kicking winner winger who relies on tries and tackle breaks. So it's not going to be for everyone. Um, but yeah, the coaches who who've bought him, mate, you're, you're laughing. I think now, mate, for people playing Ponga as captain, he would have been killing them because he. I think he got like two from six or two from seven today with the goal kicking, but brilliant otherwise, mate. Some of his touches, I still can't. Every week we say this, why didn't he? They play him at fullback, mate. Uh, I, no one's got the answer. At the end of the day, I don't even think Adam O'Brien has the answer of why he was doing it. They were just hoping, I guess, that he'd turn into the next Darren Lockyer, and then that Lockie Miller would. You know, do a stellar job at the back, even though he's a rugby sevens convert. Now Miller can't even get a run, and then Ponga's just killing it. So. What, do they, what do they do with Miller now? Because they they invested quite heavily into him for three I, years. I think they're shopping him to the UK. There you go. Okay, I didn't think he was that bad. Like I actually thought he had some good touches. Yeah, he, he did what what he could, but at the end of the day, Ponga is a fullback. He's an Origin fullback. Why are you playing him out of position? Yeah. Now, a big recommendation on our list this week was Dane Gagai, mate. He's been braining him, and again, didn't need to try, but he just uh, six tackle breaks, hundred twenty six meters. For some reason, he just gets stuck in in defense. Twenty four for a centre man. Yeah. Remember they used to have that meme and um, they had like the Krusty the Clown doll and it said, oh, Dane Gagai, <laughs> you had it set up to State of Origin mode. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think that switch is just sta- always on State of Origin mode right now because he is, he's absolutely killing it. He got he got snubbed for Origin as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did because Connor Tracy brained him in that game up in Coffs That's Harbour. That's right. Yeah. So I think maybe there's a point to prove and he's taken it a bit personally because he's, um, he's come out and killed it since. Now, mates, unfortunately, you know, Paddy had a narrative this week of Adam Elliott's, so ever since Millie Boyle has moved to Sydney. <laughs> but apparently, well, he got a 32 and 45 minutes, so I'm assuming that maybe she came up for a visit during the week. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was a bit heavy on the feet from certain activities that he may have indulged in. But <laughs> I know um, my wife was, um, she was looking at doing a couple, her last couple of trades, and she was two grand off getting Mo Fodawaker, so she got Adam Elliott instead. So, oh, um, poor cat. Shows shows that every dollar counts. It does. Now, the bunnies. Now, Cookie saved his best to last pretty much. I've got him in draft. Unfortunately, he's gone. But 86 and 80 minutes, definitely his best game for the year with a try there. But, B, what are we going to do? Because realistically, especially if you've got traders up your sleeves, the bunnies have a buy next week. <clears throat> like, do you start? Can you? How many can you hold? Like, one? Uh, I think two because the, at the end of the day, you, you're either going to be holding Cookie and Murray or Murray and Latrell or Cook and Latrell, I think. Mm. 
But I, at the end of the day, I don't think too many people are holding Cook at all. No, no one who's actively playing as much anymore because they knew that this round 26 buy was coming up. I'll put this one to you because I know a few people probably facing this. You've got buys of Cameron Murray, Latrell Mitchell. You've also got an injuries, let's say, to Tedesco. And let's just say Corey Horsburgh doesn't back up. You've got two trades left and you've got two emergencies that you're not wanting to play. Out of those four, who give me two that you're keeping. Oh, okay. So probably keep Horsburgh because I think that uh, Canberra still need to win those games to try and keep that home final. Um, so I'd be keeping them. And who who else are we saying? Murray, Literal. Mitchell, and... And Teddy. And Teddy. Um, and I would probably hold Teddy as well, mainly because I think he will be needed in that round 27 clash to potentially make a push for the finals. If Rabbitohs have like a position short up in that fifth to sixth mark, um, then I think there's the chance that Mitchell and maybe Murray could be rested depending yeah. on how results fall. It's an interesting one because they're probably all going to be available touch the – because the two HIAs didn't look overly bad, which means they're probably going to miss one game but be back for the last game. And then you've got Murray Luttrell. Luttrell may be judiciary, but realistically – you know, anything that they're probably going to play in that last round as well. So it is a very much a flip of the coin, I think. Yeah, it, it will be. But we, we do know that Tedesco is going to be out unless they somehow challenge it through the um, how they did with Reid Marnie and Tom Trebojevic. Mm. Um, and H- Corey Horsbury, he didn't look great, but um, he did pass the HIA. Oh, did, so he, did he pass, I, did he? Did he? Yeah, they said he passed it. Well, that's, that's um, good news, he, I guess, for them. He, he could have come on in that last two minutes, but who knows if he shows lingering symptoms or anything like that. So just uh, track it, and um, yeah, hopefully you don't on all four, to be honest. Well, there you go. Well, if that's the news, well, def- I think he'll be definitely be playing if he was about to come back on, but lingering yeah, symptoms, I, I as you I think so. Don't, don't hold yeah. it as gospel, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard the commentary team say that. <laughs> I think plenty of people are going to hold you to it now, mate. Now, the final game, Raiders 36, the Bulldogs 24. Now, looking at the Raiders, mate, Jordan Rapiner with an 83. He, ever since he switches to fullback, mate, he just kills it. Yeah, it, well, he didn't kill it last week. He, I think he got a, a he got a mid-teen score last 16, week at fullback. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he was he was everywhere in this game, and he's... He's one of those players that I don't really like, um, and I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's like some form of grubby attitude, you know, but he's a 34-year-old bloke, and just I think he's 34 anyway, um, and just was showing up everywhere, just and putting on tackle breaks, running the ball, set up three tries in this as well, plus scored one of his own. Now, Joseph Tuppany, mate, got a 70 in this one. Didn't look great after the fifth, first 15 minutes. He was on four, but he got six tackle breaks, three offloads, 175 metres to go with 26 tackles. So, ultra impressive, especially in his second stint. Yeah, that uh, try that he put on for Josh Papalii, um, that, that was, I mean, it was pretty simple, but at the end of the day, I think that was an offload as well. So, there's an 11-point stint just from that one pass. Yep, it was great in that one. I loved seeing that right in front of me, mate. Nick Kotrick actually was someone that probably stood out. He scored a nice little try there in the corner, but I just thought he was back to his best. He had seven tackle breaks, which was kind of more of what he was showing maybe two years ago. Yeah, I think Kotrick is one of those players, though, that you need to take into consideration the matchup that he's got. Because at the end of the day, the Bulldogs, not a defensive powerhouse, obviously, because they're the worst defensive team, I think, for the year. Um, so I was very tempted to actually play Cottridge over Ramian, um, but I, I opted against it because you never know what you're going to get with Cottridge because of the form that he has had. So 
Um, I think Cottridge is actually going to be one that's going to be on the black book for next year. If he's, if Croak is obviously retiring and then mm. Seb Chris might go into centre. And if Cottridge can stay on that wing, you know, he, he might be bargain basement price as well. Yeah, someone to definitely stick in the emergency start next year. But, mate, Matty Tomoka was everywhere. I'm surprised he only scored 45 because he looked like he was tunning up. Oh, mate, the guy in second had Tomoko, and I was actually uh, messaging Nigel throughout the game, and basically every message was effing Tomoko, effing Tomoko. He seemed to be doing everything, <laughs> and we didn't want this guy to be either getting too far in front of me or catching Nigel. Um, but, yeah, really surprising that he didn't, Get a big score. Um, two demerits, two tries, two line breaks, five tackle breaks, yep. and, fi- and 150 run meters. Like, how does he only get 45? There's not many demerits in there either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only two, two what, eight points? It did yeah. seem like he was like on an 80 or 90 there. So, yeah, it could very well have been. I think he also dropped one just before the line as well. So, so that very well could have been a hat trick. Well. Yeah. Now, mate, moving to the doggies, not a lot to like. Probably one guy that did stand out, I thought he was great in both attack and defense, was Harrison Edwards, mate. Like, young fella coming through the ranks. He's definitely got a future there for the doggies. Yeah, 100%. I know Cameron Serraldo's come out and publicly said how good Harry, um, Harrison Edwards has been for them, um, especially in that Dolphins game where they won. Uh, he, he chased down, I think it was Asako. No, was it Milford, maybe, who scored that last try um, and put the kick just out of range of um, Jermaine Asako. So we actually won by the one point. Um, that was a Harrison Edwards effort play, and that's what you know. That's what the coaches want to see out of these young blokes. Now, mate, Brandon, not Brandon Burns, uh, my man Jacob Caraz, and then Addo Carr as well, playing on the right edge. Are you surprised I don't see more ball? I'm surprised that Addo Carr's playing on the right still. Yeah. Um, I I only can think that he's there for talk for Caraz because he's going into centre, so he can talk him in positions and what he's reading there. Um, and then Braden Burns being an experienced left centre, being talking to Blake Wilson, who is the rookie winger. Mm. Um, so I, I do think they actually attacked that right side probably more than they did the left, mainly because that's the the um, the direction that Avarillo seemed to run a fair bit. Mate, what happened to Raymond Fatale Mariner? I uh, got injured in the warm up. There you go. That's not the first time this year either, has it? No. Well, funny enough. Um, uh, Ryan Sutton was named at lock and then didn't make the 24-hour um, cutoff. Mm. And then, so Raymond Fatalamariner went up to lock and then all of a sudden Raymond Fatalamariner's out. So I think they started with, um, who did they start? Did they start Luke Thompson there? Yeah, I think they brought in Luke Thompson to prop and then someone else went into, they don't even name a lock. Is that Harrison Edwards. Harrison Edwards, because he played yeah. 80 minutes. He played 80. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Maxie King came off the bench, which would, would have killed a few people because he's been getting some good minutes lately. Yeah, I think it would have been a worry, but he ended up putting in the score that we thought he was going to. He's averaging 45 and a half for the year, and he scored 46. So he's got you what you thought you were going to get. Yeah, okay. Nice. Well, B, that was round 25, mate. It's been great doing the game plan slash formerly the playbook with you, mate. You've been great giving you insights, man, and look forward to doing it again next year with you. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks for having us. This has been one of my favourite shows to do. So, oh, thanks, man. And mate, happy birthday for next week. Hope you have, yeah. a, hope you have a belter, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the game plan for round 25. The boys, Me and the boys will be back on Tuesday with the regular TLT. All the normal programming will be on all the way into the end of the season. A couple of Sundays, like I said to be, we'll do the last one probably over the last kind of game live so we'll chat plenty of banter we've never done a kind of live companion before so that should be good fun we'll see how that one rolls out there b yeah organized chaos i reckon i think so too all right ladies and gentlemen have a great week and we'll check you on tuesday